are your first client because the mm -hmm. first job that you have is to do the work on yourself with your in your relationship with yourself. That's right. You are your first client, and it's a, and it's a contract for life. And I always say to my clients, you know, would you would you treat your clients the way you treat yourself? Would you say that to your client? Would you deny your client what she needs? Yeah. Would you lie to your client? You know, would you make excuses uh, and not follow through on a promise to your client? Um, and it's crazy how we can we can treat people outside of ourselves better than we treat ourselves. It's just and when we go back to what I said earlier about that, you are of service to everyone around you when you serve yourself, when you're the best version of yourself by giving to yourself, you're a better version for everyone else. So, you know, the thought of putting everyone first and leaving yourself the scraps is actually harming the people around you because they're not getting the best version of you. And I know I was guilty of that in our relationship at the very beginning, right? Being so, I, I rewarded myself for this idea of selflessness by putting, a, you know, by putting your needs first. And that, what does that lead to? It just leads to resentment and me being this person that's been giving myself the scraps, which is a weaker, weaker, weaker man. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach, Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams here, success coach, founder of I Heart My Life, and your host of the I Heart My Life show. So today's a very special episode because I have my husband, James Williams, here um, for an incredible interview. He has tons of amazing content to share with you. So I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit about him and then introduce him to everyone watching. So after 12 years of working in TV and graphics, James could no longer ignore the feeling that he had more to give and, it, and he wasn't in the industry he wanted to be in. So he left TV to join me in my personal development business and studied to become a certified high performance coach through the High Performance Institute created by Brendan Burchard. So now James has integrated his programs and his work into I Heart My Life. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So welcome, James. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. I don't know that we've ever done this before. I don't know if I've ever really interviewed you in this way. I know it's kind of scary, but it it's but I'm scary. looking forward to it. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So I'd love to start at the beginning, not the very beginning, because we all know that you could, you know, fill many hours with your incredible story. But <laughs> take us back to that time where you were in this career, this 12 year career, you'd worked really hard to get yourself to that place. And then you started to realize that it wasn't what you wanted anymore. Take us back to that place. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think uh, only now I realized that, um, you know, we really do all continuously evolve and what lights us up one year might not light us up the next year. And and so way back when I started that career in television, it was so exciting, you know, um, the world of TV and all those personalities and all those amazing people all excited to be in that environment. And, you know, I think that that is what lit me up at the time it was being in, in a high vibe environment with a lot of passionate people that are passionate about television and sport, especially because I was in the sports area. Um, and I just loved the environment and the people. And and 
I think I don't think I was aware at the time that the way of being in that environment and keeping me happy was the choice of doing graphics and production type work. Um, that wasn't when I even when I look back at what I was doing, the work itself wasn't the thing that was lighting me up. It was the people and the environment. Yeah. But, you know, for the first six years of that 12 years, it was great. It was amazing. Um, then I think, you know, my I, my my motivations were very extrinsic from that point because something wasn't right. Something wasn't you know challenging me enough. So. I was very extrinsically motivated, very motivated by what it was other people wanted and thought was going to be amazing. So I, you know, I, um, I learned some new kit and I, and I got promoted to a new position and, and tried to find that, that passion and that motivation from other areas. And those motivations were very short lived because they were extrinsic. They were outside of me, outside of what I found personally gratifying. What and other so, areas did you try and find motivation? I so I, I got into a different type of design that was ch more challenging, um, more visual effects and visual vis vis visual effects animation and yeah. and I did things that were that just challenged me that pushed pushed me pushed my boundaries a little bit further. Um, so you and, kind of I think a lot of people will relate to that. They might be in a career and they might think, oh, after the next promotion, I'll be happy, mm. or if I just go into this new role, I'll be happy, and they get kind of stuck in this bubble. That's right. Yeah, there's 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 all sorts of short wins that you think are going to be the things that will light you up. Money's the other one. I wanted to earn yeah. more money, right? Who doesn't want to earn more money? So I did what I could to challenge myself, please other people and try and earn as much money as I could. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, years into that, I think really year six, year seven, I'd realized that I was unhappy. But it took me. A, I was stuck in that bubble for a, another five years yeah. until I actually could do something about it, which is scary when you think five years after realizing this isn't right, that, that the bubble's so tight that you don't see outside of that bubble. You don't see mm -hmm. that there are other opportunities, yeah. which at the time I didn't. I was searching within that bubble. What else can I do in here right. to feel excited? Yeah. And so what did it take for you to finally see that there was an, a world outside of the bubble? Well, <laughs> I met someone... <laughs> who, who, uh, who inspired me. I think I, I got to a point where I was on the edge. I was, if, if I was in that bubble, if you can imagine, I was poking at the edges of that bubble, suspecting that there was something on the other side, mm. but I like that, but I, but I was really just being so pulled by comfort, um, that my, my passion for doing something bigger and finding out what that was was over overwhelmed by my comfort and so it wasn't so until I because you knew and I'm just pointing this out because I think a mm. lot of people will relate um and I don't mean to interrupt you okay. but it you thought you were comfortable or at least it felt comfortable to stay in that place where you were unhappy but you chose mm. that over the discomfort of something new and unknown but when right. you really like rationally think about it you know there's Crazy. nothing beautiful about being stuck and unhappy or you know it might feel comfortable but it's not a positive but in that case they were kind of both negatives in your mind and mm. the the comfort outweighed doing something new and I think a lot of people will get that yeah that's right and I think the most common thing is is actually I knew who I was as that uncomfortable unhappy and unsatisfied person I didn't yeah. know who I was outside of that mm. so it's a crazy comfort being someone you're being you're unhappy with yeah. which is a really common thing yeah, like we is. now know 
So, and then going back to your original question, it really was you that inspired me because, you know, I met Emily and she was this really highly driven, I always describe her as being like, she was like a frustrated genius without a direction when I first met her. Like she hadn't found her, her goal, but there was so much in there. And then when, when of course you found, um, the personal development industry and especially the way people like Marie Forleo were doing it, it it lit something up in you. And I saw that. And what I saw in you was this idea of possibility without worrying about the how, Mm. which for me was a very foreign concept because for me, it was like, I needed to know some of the how to get started. Whereas you were just kind of, it lights me up. It's just so exciting. I'm I'm not going to allow myself to fail. Yeah. And that, and that really, that was confusing and inspiring. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And so you really opened up the door for me there. And then the next step for me was, okay, well, I, I believe massively in personal development. I always have done. So it made sense for me then to get a coach. Yeah. So I got a coach um, and, and it was through my first coach, Sean, that, um, God bless you, Sean, that introduced me to Brendan Bouchard. And I, I, I remember listening to The Charge by Brendan Bouchard on, on my way to work. I was trying to fill the hours that, you know, that I wasn't being productive, which for me was when I was on the train traveling to work. Yeah. So I was, I was listening to The Charge and it, it had that effect on me that I know Marie Forleo had on you. It really opened something up in me. It, it spoke to all the areas of personal development and personal growth that I know I needed mastery in, in my own life to go to another level. And then being the sort of person that when they find something out, naturally wants to serve, naturally wants to share that with the world. I thought this is my way into personal development. At that point, I didn't know how and what I was going to be coaching on and where that worked, but this was my route to become a, to really step into a better version of myself for that new journey outside of the bubble that would take a braver person. Yeah, I love that. And, um, you know, we're still close with Sean. So I'm glad that you mentioned him. And sometimes it just takes that one person to believe in you. Because I remember Mm. Sean telling you, you know, well, urging you to put in your notice at work. And then I realized that we needed more support in the business. And so my coach encouraged me to ask you if you wanted to be a part of I Heart My Life and help in that way. And so all these people were really rooting for us and believing in us. And that made all the difference. So from there, you did leave your job and you joined the company. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But I just want to let everyone know that sometimes, you know, you can lean on other people and you can gain support from those people in your life who do believe in you because it's not always easy to take that step. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a big reminder of, you know, who you are spending the majority of your time with. And if a lot of those people are stuck in the bubble and feeling like they want to hang on to comfort, then it's going to be even easier for you to stay stuck and comfortable. The moment you start um, having getting people in your life that are just really taking big risks, really taking big leaps, really doing things that are way outside of what you would consider to be comfortable, then you, you rise to the level of your associations. You rise to the level of the people that are really lighting up those bits inside you. And so Sean was speaking to me and speaking sense into me and, and speaking to me in a way that was challenging me. And we all love, whether we admit it or not, we all love to be challenged, especially yeah. when it's in alignment with what's, you know, that inner voice, that, that little voice inside you that, that is trying to get you to 
to grow because as human beings, it's not natural for us to be comfortable. We've grown up being being told that comfort's a good thing. But yeah. actually, I mean, as human it's not beings, natural for us to be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it's it is. And so when you think about human beings and how we've thrived and how we've evolved, it's through challenge. Mm. You know, the man didn't fly to the moon because it was a comfortable choice. Yeah. Um, Christopher Columbus didn't discover, you know, um, didn't, you know, discover a lot of countries around the world because it was a comfortable, easy thing to do. It was stepping outside of comfort. And so that's that's human nature. It's best. And so but really there's something it's that's like pulling you towards that vision, even if it mm. is uncomfortable. That's right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the next uncomfortable thing you did, which is working with me. <laughs> and <laughs> you and I always are very transparent about our journey. We never planned on working together. When we met online on a cheesy dating website, that wasn't part of the agenda at all. Um, right. And so it kind of we kind of fell into it. And it was very exciting, but also scary because we had no clue what we were doing. And I'll just speak transparently for myself. First of all, you know, when I created I Heart My Life, it was my vision. And again, we never planned on working together. So kind of letting you come into the business as excited as I was, it was also scary because I was worried about how we were going to work together. Was it going to work out? How do I even explain to you what I need help with? How do I let go of control? <laughs> um, and, you know, all of that was a huge learning curve. So take us back to your role in I Heart My Life from the beginning. because I think it's it's really interesting. Yeah, so it was it was it was very exciting. And I remember we celebrated by going to Venice and had this beautiful kind of celebration of that shift in a chapter in, in our lives and my life. Yeah. Um, but then the year started and it was different. It's a very different type of relationship to be at home working with your wife. It's very different um, environment for me, you know, being used to working outside of where I lived and in an environment surrounded by lots and lots of people. So now being on my own or with or with you, Emily. And so yeah. it's a very different environment for both of us in, in so many ways. Um, Especially because you're an extrovert and you love to be around people. Yeah, yeah, right. So I, I'm, I am very energized by people. And, uh, and so it was a real challenge. It was a very up and down year. It was very much like excited about these new challenges, but then trying to figure it out. And that's how we grow, right? Through, through challenge and through... Um, through sometimes the messy bits. Um, as Robin Sharma messy said, if it's not messy, it's not real progress. And yeah. based on that statement, it was a, it was a very progressive year. <laughs> yes, every year since has been. <laughs> right. And so initially how I integrated, so I, I left and I, I was, you know, with, I, was, I had my coaching, I was doing a bit of coaching uh, with Sean. Um, and then it was a matter of me helping you out, Emily, as much as I could around any business stuff, the graphics or um, setting up the website and things like that, but also, you know, me learning about this new industry. So I, I signed up for Brendan Bouchard's Expert Academy and I, I went to that, um, which was really the first introduction to what I would now call um, my second family, which is the whole Brendan Bouchard community who I love dearly. Um, and that really, that really changed the game for me because it not only did it teach me about the online marketing world and this whole space that we're moving into, but it got me into a, a space of people that were all um, along the same lines, entrepreneurs yeah. wanted to serve that were a lot of coaches, but even just a lot of a different type of business person, even people that were in businesses that I was aware of, you know, 
realtor or 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 kind of uh, or banking or yeah. or anything they were just a different breed of businessmen of businesswoman that wanted to serve and so that was really exciting to me so coming back from that can i interrupt uh, you for one second I, yeah. I remember a story that you told me while you were at Experts Academy. We spoke on the phone for like an hour, which we probably hadn't done since we were dating because you were so excited. And you said that Brennan Burchard shared uh, a story about his $1 million day. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but you said, you know, you finally could see how that was possible. And like, that wasn't even part of your world before, you know, you didn't know anyone who had ever done that. And so mm-hmm. to be around these amazing, inspirational people who, like you said, they're about service and they're about heart and they're about giving back in addition to obviously the success that they desire and the goals that they want to hit. And so from my perspective, it was really exciting because I had gone through programs and been around coaches who inspired me and then to see you find your place and where you belong and feel inspired by people like Brendan and everyone else you met that was a game changer because you know one of the things we'll talk about in a bit is about women who are really going for their dreams and not necessarily feeling like their partners on the same wavelength right yeah um and that I think that is so crucial because naturally you were a bigger thinker than me you grew up in a very entrepreneurial family And so the idea of um, the how stopping you from from moving forward just didn't compute. Right. And it's such a it's something that is so natural for a lot of people. And so you're right. For me, being in a space where people were achieving things way beyond anything I thought was possible made me realize that I don't it doesn't even matter whether I think it's possible or not. I think that's the crucial difference. It's Mm. that. If you're driven by a passion, then why be limited by by setting a setting a bar? Oh, why does that. there even have to be a bar? Yeah. You know, what if there um, isn't a bar? Maybe there isn't a bar, right? We we were born with imagination so that we could think of things that were outside reality, outside what we've experienced in our life. Like I said, flying to the moon. It's not something anyone had ever done before. So how could you imagine what it'd be like? Yeah. Or just fly there and find out, right? and and figure out as you go and so yeah being around those people made me realize that I was I was in that bubble because I I wasn't using the best tool that I had and that was my imagination I was in a creative space in a creative industry yeah I wasn't using it for my own life and my own vision and goal setting that's huge so Mm. I'm going to stop you there because we're going to take a break and when we come back I want to talk about how you started to use your imagination in your work and a little bit about the specific work you did within the group programs I started helping some amazing women and how that's led to you launching your own programs now so we'll talk about that in a few minutes The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitz your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep, but it doesn't have to be that way. 
there haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Right, so we're back with high performance coach James Williams and my incredible husband. And I want to pick up at a place where um, we started talking about before the break, where James had joined the I Heart My Life company, the company that I started a few years before, and he started working with some of the women in our group program. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And this part is really for anyone who thinks they have to have it all figured out before they start. That's really not the case. So if that's you, definitely pay attention to what James has to share here. So James, take us back to that period of time where you started working within the I Heart My Life company and working with some of the women in the group programs. Yeah, it was really interesting. So before I'd even um, been certified as a coach, um, uh, I felt called to, and we, we kind of felt called to involve me in, in the calls because I know a lot of the ladies were very aware of my, you know, my my role in the business and and you know, were really curious. They were kind of very curious to know, well, what's it like to work with your husband? And what does James feel about, you know, the, the big strides that you've made and, and you know, what How it took to do are. that in the very beginning. And I want to know what James thinks, yeah. right? So basically, initially how it started is we had these, um, what we called laser coaching sessions, where I gave the ladies an opportunity just to book 15 minute calls to talk to me um, where I could support them in any way that I, that I could support them. Right. Um, and you know, I, I, I picked up a lot of useful knowledge in my life, even in television that I could, that I could really support these ladies with. And I, I get on with everyone. And so I just thought it'd be an interesting segue into, into coaching. But what was really interesting is that a lot of the, a lot of the questions I got were just about that. It was about what's it like to work with your wife and what did you think when Emily first came to you and said, you know, I want to invest all of this money in building a business and um, I can't guarantee it's going to work. What did you think? Yeah, because for and, people who don't know this, I didn't have the money to start to, to be a part of the program that trained me to be a coach and build my business. So I had to use one of James's empty credit cards because all mine were maxed, maxed out. So he let me borrow $7,500 to start my business. Right. And that, and that was, you know, that was a that was a big deal at the time, you know. I mean, seventy five hundred dollars is a big deal for anyone, right? But it, you know, at the time, especially for us, that was a that was a sizable investment. Um, we had no plan of how we were going to pay that off quickly. No, yeah. um, and I was but, already thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt, making like right. twenty five thousand dollars a year. You had your own debt, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. And um, the the only answer, and the interesting thing is, the first time that someone asked me that question, I, I don't think I'd thought about it as much um, until the first time someone asked me. And I, I, the truth was, I, I believed in my heart and my soul that Emily could do anything she set her mind to. I just believed in her. 
Um, and it was simple as that. And it would have been easy to over-intellectualize it and, and think about, oh, what, is it, what if it goes wrong? Because the truth is, I had all those thoughts. I had the thoughts of the protective husband that didn't want Emily to feel the pain of failure. Um, but I just believed in her. Um, but at the same time, I totally understand why a lot of you know, guys might feel that way. It's not that they're being mean. Um, it's that... If you, if, if you can't see how something's possible, it's easier for you to let your ego take over and think of the doomsday scenario and see that as protecting your loved one. And that's what quite often happens. And so just like you, you didn't want to necessarily be uncomfortable. No, no, exactly. Right. And that's maybe why it was an easier choice for me, because I was moving towards an uncomfortable place myself. So it was a easier it was easy to start thinking like that yeah so you know i was on the phone talking to the to a lot of the ladies in the in the coaching programs about um you know really how to navigate their relationship with their husband um uh, based on how i'd done it so they were getting to hear you know the, the masculine perspective on the journey so yeah. that they could maybe better understand their husband's or their boyfriend's point of view uh, so that was really fascinating. And the interesting thing was that I, I really enjoyed those conversations because, yeah. um, you know, it was a, I was in the same navigation with, with you, Emily. We were trying to figure out this journey and, you know, how this model of a marriage wasn't something that we grew up with. We didn't yeah. know what it's like to both be working and at home and be husband and wife. And so it, we were navigating this. And as any good coach will tell you, you know, we're all growing, we're all developing. And, you know, the, the coach that you hire um, is just a little bit further ahead than you, but they're still growing. We're all growing. Yeah, and so it was very close to my like heart that. to be talking about that. Yeah. yeah, it was really close to my heart to be talking about that um, with the ladies on the course. So it was it was amazing and actually, um, you know, helped me figure out some of the things that I was really passionate about serving. Yeah, talk a little bit more about that, because I think for both of us, it surprised us that they wanted to know uh, what it was like to work together, because initially you were going to help them with other things, you know, high performance and, you know, whatever it was that they needed support with mindset wise, but we didn't know that it would be kind of about the the relationship element. And so, um, you know, fast forward a little bit to more present time, that relationship work is really on your heart. And you have a heart for working with, um, you know, supporting men to help them understand how to handle is not the right word, but that's what's coming to mind, how to handle that driven woman who like mm. me, you know, is working 70 to 100 hours a week in the beginning, building her business, she wants to have it all, she wants to be the mom, the wife, the successful entrepreneur, the multimillionaire, you know, and mm. now you have a desire to work with that man, but that wasn't part of the plan. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so well, let, let's, I'll take you through the whole journey. So yeah. obviously, after reading the charge, the reason that book resonated with me before I left my career was because it spoke, it, it was a very structured look at personal development around mental, physical health, um, mindset, relationships, um, and a lot of relationship with yourself work. And I, yeah. that really, the way it was structured was really resonated with me. And so where that led um, a few months later was me discovering this concept of high performance, the way that Brendan Bouchard talked about it. 
And so I, I studied up on high performance and eventually got certified as a certified high performance coach exactly, I don't know if you remember this, but exactly 12 months to the day of my last day of work. Yeah, I remember. My career, which is really wonderful kind of coincidence. Yeah. And what that work allowed me to realize in alignment with being interested in how um, as spouses we can, we, can, we can allow our partners to rise or fall depending on the relationship was that actually any good relationship is first and foremost um, about the individual being the best version of themselves. Because what I realized having talked to a lot of female entrepreneurs on the journey um, up until this point is that a lot of them that didn't have husbands that were necessarily doing personal development work could only go so far mm. um, because if, when you're around someone who, who isn't doing the personal work and growing with you, there becomes a, there becomes a gap where you're rising and your partner's not rising. And so I realized that actually, and as me and you, Emily, went through um, relationship work ourselves over the yeah. last year, we realized that as in a, a, a company, a team is made up of individuals that are running at their best. So it's the same in a relationship. If I'm the best version of myself and I take care of myself and I make sure I pay attention to my agenda and my energy and my needs, then I'm a better husband because I have the energy and the presence and the patience and the yeah. ability to be there whenever I'm needed as a husband. And Just I think like that you, you, I know you love the phrase um, about putting on your own mask before helping others. Right. That's right. So, so as we all know, when you fly in an airplane, um, they say, make sure you put on your oxygen mask before helping anyone else. Uh, because if you don't look after yourself, um, how can you be there for everyone else? I remember um, a wonderful guy that I met, uh, an amazing coach that I met last this year, uh, Jabon. Um, he, he said, he said it like this, that, you know, if you can imagine that your energy, your spirit, yourself being a bottle of water, you know, if you, if you're serving people from a half full bottle, then you're doing them a disservice. Mm. If you're, if you're trying to be a good wife or be a good husband and you're only half full, then you're only being half a good wife or a good husband. And that's a disservice to you, to the people you care about and to your clients, right? Mm -hmm. So what he spoke about was you give to yourself, you be a full bottle and then everyone else gets from your overflow. They get your overflow. So, you know, it's really important to set the intention of, you know, if you can be 100% for yourself, everything else in the world, everything else extrinsic to you is a bonus. Mm -hmm. um, and so my real passion has now led me to this point of understanding, having taken a lot of female entrepreneurs through certified high performance coaching to be the best version of themselves. It, uh, my dream is to take couples and work with them individually, allowing them to be the best version of themselves unapologetically so that they can actually be amazing versions of themselves for each other. Because as me and Emily are discovering, when we're at our best, the team comes together between us two and we are absolute rock stars. You know, there's no weakness. There's no um, resentment or feelings of I should have or he should have because we have done what we needed to do for ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. So it's interesting how the very first experience of coaching I had has led me to the point of wanting to continue helping couples 
be the best version they can be for each other. I think that's so important and people listening might be surprised because I was definitely surprised when we started working with our own relationship coach, Marla Mattinson, who is on the show as well coming up. Um, she, it was obvious that like you said, it's also the, the work between the two of us, it's, it's not complete unless we work on ourselves. And yeah. I always thought, you know, I'd have to like bend over backwards to please you. And, you know, it had to be about what both of us want and constant compromise. And, you know, the other is some of that, of course, but it's really important to stay true to ourselves. And I think the biggest piece for me was just being honest about how I'm feeling. And, mm. you know, because there was, like I said, I, I want to be really transparent in this show today. There was a period of time where I was really resentful of you because I felt like you came into the business and I built the foundation. And now you get to work with all these amazing clients who, you know, I found and whatever else the story was. Um, and so I didn't, but I didn't want to share that because I felt wrong. I felt like, just like I always say, regarding jealousy. I felt like it was evil and I needed to hide it and not admit. But mm. Marla helped us bring everything to the surface and helped us really realize like who we are as our true selves and who we want to be. And just to learn to communicate and show up as our best self individually on behalf of our marriage and the union and our relationship together. And I think that's something that's probably new for a lot of people to hear. Yeah, yeah, this last year with Marla has been absolutely incredible. And I think that's sealed it, you know, for me that um, I would never pretend to be a relationship coach uh, for couples that, you know, what Marla does is is um, very, very unique and very, very special. Um, but it's certainly, you know, through that process, when we started, I don't think I comprehended the idea that we'd be doing most of the work with ourselves. Yeah, me either. No. You know, that it was really self-discovery, mm -hmm. you know, wow, how am I showing up in this relationship and how am I showing up in this relationship with myself? Right. right? Because it's all this inner chatter. Mm, it's all this yeah, stuff yeah, going on in here. Yourself. You know, you have these conversations with yourself um, that your partner might, they might be involved within your head, but not in real life. Yet you still react to, the, to them. It's like, like they've heard it. some reason I'm really mad at you because I had a dream that we had a fight. <laughs> yeah, like that Friends episode where where Phoebe's mad at Ross, but she can't remember why. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and I think you always say this to our clients, for those listening, we work with a lot of coaches and you always tell them, you know, you are your first client because the mm -hmm. first job that you have is to do the work on yourself with your in your relationship with yourself. That's right. You are your first client and it's a, and it's a contract for life. Mm. And I always say to my clients, you know, would you would you treat your clients the way you treat yourself? Would you say that to your client? Would you deny your client what she needs? Yeah. Would you lie to your client? You know, would you make excuses uh, and not follow through on a promise to your client? Um, and it's crazy how we can we can treat people outside of ourselves better than we treat ourselves. It's just and when we go back to what I said earlier about that, you are of service to everyone around you when you serve yourself when you're the best version of yourself by giving to yourself you're a better version for everyone else so you know the thought of putting everyone first and leaving yourself the scraps is actually harming the people around you because they're not getting the best version of you and i know i was guilty of that in our relationship at the very beginning right being so i, I rewarded myself for this idea of selflessness by putting you know by putting your needs first 
And that what does that lead to? It just leads to resentment and me being this person that's been giving myself the scraps, which is a weaker, weaker, weaker man, right? Yeah. I think guys get to realize that being vulnerable and asking for what you need is a strength. And part of one, you know, part of what I've learned through working with these amazing female entrepreneurs is that both men and women really get the opportunity now to have a wonderful relationship with themselves in service of the unions that they, they, they have in their life. Right. And, you know, especially guys, I've realized through the female entrepreneurs that I've worked with that, that I really am called to work with guys to help them see what I've seen that actually you don't have to be this, this old idea of the macho guy that doesn't share his feelings. You know, that's only hurting yourself. Hmm. You know, that it's powerful and strong to be vulnerable and share what it is that you need. Um, and massively in service of the relationships that you have in your life. But it takes, it takes actually a very strong guy to admit that. It takes a very strong person to be open to their feelings, especially when they're not used to it. And I understand that. And that's why I would never go as far to blame the guys who, you know, have, who have sometimes made it a little bit more difficult for the, for the female entrepreneurs I've worked with. Because yeah. when you're not used to expressing yourself in a way and when really you've got um, your, your couple's, the couple's future um, in mind and you think that there's a risk involved it's easy to just to 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 go down that path yeah and so um it's it's just about being understanding and you know knowing that i've been there um but the other side outside that bubble is a much more exciting place Definitely. Well, let's pick it up there after the break. And I also want you to share what the woman who is maybe experiencing the unsupportive partner can do as she moves forward towards her dreams. I think the listeners would love some tangible steps that they can take or ways to view the situation and how to even handle a partner like that. So let's talk a little bit about that after the break. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world, to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, so we're back. I'm Emily Williams, and I'm here with my husband and business partner, James Williams. So let's pick it up where we left off. I would love for James to share a little bit from his experience how you handle it if your partner doesn't understand what you're trying to do, especially as a driven female entrepreneur, wannabe entrepreneur, how do you deal with that, that unsupportive spouse or boyfriend who just doesn't seem to get it? So James, I'd love your take on that. Yeah, that's a good one. And it's something that comes up a lot. Um, that first leap into an entrepreneurial journey is is a is a really uh, challenging one at times. And it can be scary and it can bring, bring up all sorts of... Uh, fears um which is which is the right thing right if we're not doing something that scares us that scares us then we're not trying hard enough right so the last thing we need is people around us stoking that fear um and making it stronger 
And so quite often I get that question and what do I do? How do I, this is what I get is how do I persuade him to believe in what I'm, how do I make him believe in what I'm doing? Yeah. And you know, the truth is, is that, um, it's not, it's not your job to coach your husband or your boyfriend or your partner, you know? Um, in fact, that's probably a turnoff, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yes. I mean, me and Emily have both been guilty of this, right? Imagine two coaches living together. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we they see our lesson. books like we, yeah, we can coach one another from time to time and it's not good. <laughs> right. It's not your job. It's not your job to coach your husband, right? Um, or your partner or your boyfriend. And so what's really important is to be the best version of yourself because, if you think about influence, you think about the most influential people in the world, the people that have really led the way in a positive way. Um, they've done that through being a role model, not through being a dictator. So say that again. The, the people that have influenced us the most in the world have achieved that through being a role model, not through by being a dictator. And I'm talking about the positive influences in the world yeah. that have led the way, that showed up as their highest selves. I always encourage my clients, as I said earlier, about you be the best version that you can be and show up unapologetically as the best version of you. And that will inspire. And that will inspire everyone, including your partner. And it's tough because there's going to be times where your partner just won't believe you and they'll and, and they may come at you with some negative stuff that is there's something going on in their life. Um, but if you can just really show up as an excited, enthusiastic person that is really driven by what it is that they're, what it is you're doing, you can't help but be inspired by that. When you meet um, someone that doesn't believe you, resentment and disbelief with negative feelings, you're just going to get that right back. Um, there's something called mirror neurons in your mind, in your brain, right? So that when when you see someone yawn, you, people yawn. When you see someone yeah. trap their finger in a door, you go Ooh, like that because it's, it's reflective. And so it's similar with emotion. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if your husband or partner is, is saying, oh, I don't think it's going to work. You're taking too many risks. Why are you doing this? Why aren't you, keeping a, you, know, why aren't you just doing something that's safe? If your response to that is fear-based and aggressive and defensive, then that does not represent someone who really, really believes and is following their passions mm. because that kind of emotion, um, you know, that's not the sort of person you're going to believe in. Right. You know, those people that have led the way in the world and been inspiring uh, haven't done so from a defensive place. Yeah. You know, Oprah hasn't shown up defensive um, uh, around the, her beliefs. She's been passionate and she's been excited and she's been unapologetic about her beliefs, which is why so many people have have ended up following her and being inspired by her because she has the ability to think way outside the box and still allow people to come with her, even yeah, if they remember, can't quite see that far. Yeah, I remember she she was talking about her partner, Stedman, and someone was asking whether he feels like he's in her shadow. And she said, no, he's smart enough to know that he's in the light. And mm. I loved that because I think so many of us as women, we don't want to overpower and we don't want to be too much. And there is a part of us that still wants, you know, the romantic relationship where we're able to 
not be subservient. That's not what we desire, but we see maybe what our parents had or previous generations, and we don't want to be too dominant over our partner, yet we have all these dreams and ambitions, and we don't know how to have both at the same time. And so what you're saying is just show up and be your best self and focus on you and obviously communicate as much as you possibly can without, you know, force feeding someone your your new beliefs or your new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of have to just is it are, are you saying you just kind of have to wait for your partner to join you on the path? You know, what's really interesting, and Robin Sharma talked about this um, at the time, something that we were just at. Yeah. And, you know, though the people around you that trigger you the most, um, whether it's you know, why isn't he believing in me? Or, you know, why, why do I feel so defensive when I'm around him? Because I want to, I want to talk about this big stuff I'm investing in, but I'm afraid of being judged. The people that cause those sort of reactions from you are, they really teach, they're your biggest teachers. They teach you a lot about yourself. And so next time, next time you're thinking to yourself, you know, why is he judging me? Why doesn't he believe in me? You know, Take take um, Byron Katie, for example, and how she would go about that question and replace he with with you. Why? Why am I not believing in me? Because when you believe in yourself fully, why would anyone else's opinion matter? Even the person you care about the most, if you really believe in yourself. So take it, for example, say you you chose um, like um, an amazing pair of shoes that you love and your husband thinks they're terrible, but you love them. It probably wouldn't bother you. Well, I love them. I don't mind that he doesn't like them. I absolutely love them. You believe in it so much that it really doesn't matter whether he likes them or not. I don't think we've had that that with shoes, but I think you hated this tweed jacket that I had at one point. Right. Right. But and it's of course you'd like me to like your clothes. Right. But when you love something that much. It really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's just really in alignment with where with where you want to go. And, and so- I think that's so key because in our relationship, for example, if I'm ever feeling unsure about something and I'm expressing doubts and fears to you or you can sense that, mm-hmm. then it makes you feel the same thing like you were saying. And it makes you mm-hmm. feel protective of me. Whereas if right. I come to you really confident about something I'm doing or really excited or happy or whatever, then you feel that and it makes your reaction, you know, much different. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, it, that's why all, that's why going back to what I said, it all starts with your relationship with, with yourself. You focus on yourself and why this is important to you and, and what your motive behind your motivation is, mm. you know, your why, why is it so important? What is the big vision? Why are you so excited to make 2018 the best year ever? And that emotion is going to override the effect that any negativity coming in at you, coming in from the outside is going to have. Um, And from the outside is going to be viewed with, I don't understand how it's going to work, but she's so excited about it. She must know something I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I I heard someone say, yeah, I I heard someone say recently that they, I'm excited to hear what you think about this, that they sometimes feel that women get the vision first. And I'm wondering what you think about that. Well, we did. I remember um, I read a really interesting book, The Way of the Superior Man, a few years ago, yeah. uh, which actually you'd read first, right? Yeah. Which is um, it's an interesting take on masculine and feminine um, ways of, of making choices. 
And when he talks about masculine and feminine, he's not necessarily talking about men and women. We all have masculine and feminine energy within us. Um, and he talks a lot about how the more masculine perspective might be to look above the woods, plan out the route, and then start once you've got a, a you know idea of where to go. And the more feminine route might be just to head out into the woods with a vision of where you want to go and figure it out as you go, right? Both both ways are fantastic. Um, there's a there's a there's an interesting way of choosing what's right for the you know the right time. But I know, for example, with you, Emily, you you just went, you just had the vision and you just went. You didn't care how it was going to work. It's like I'm going to figure it out as I go and. You know what? At the very beginning, that's that's actually really, really important because there are so many things to figure out on the journey that if you try to try to figure it all out at the beginning, it would be overwhelming. And so being able to bounce between the the feminine way of just going for what you're passionate about and figuring out when you go and then to the masculine, let's figure let's kind of plan the route a bit. It's really important to bounce between the two. Um, and I think neither you had that as well because you didn't know exactly who you would be working with when you move forward on this career. I mean, you thought about working with people who were changing careers at one point, mm-hmm. and you know, so you had to figure it out as you went along too. So you had that element inside of you as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really important to have that element yeah. um, because, you know, I mean, for me personally, I, I love I love structure. I love to. I love to be able to sort of like plan ahead a little bit, but I'm more aware now than I was in my previous career, how listening to the, listening to the, just the, 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 the drivers that are here in my heart and my soul, um, are very, very important because I'm, I, I haven't, like the guy that I'm going to be in six months that knows more and is even more educated and is even more read and is even more, uh, advanced in what he's doing, he's going to be more capable. So I want to meet him with the vision that I'm thinking about now. I don't want to mm-hmm. wait until I'm there. I want to yeah. I want to start on that vision now because I trust that he's going to be there in six months' time when I get there, mm-hmm. and he's going to be more than ready to action what it is that I'm planning right now. I love that, and I think it's really important to point out that you know we're not perfect, but we do the work. And one of the things that you always said is the work doesn't work unless you do the work or something like that. Um, And, you know, I think that's a really good reminder. Like you have a vision of who you desire to be and you're going to take the steps and do the work and, you know, continue to listen to your heart as it guides you in order to get to that place. That's right. Yeah. And that's where using the vision is really, really useful because, um, yeah, the work doesn't work unless you do the work. And yeah. I'm doing the work. And sometimes my clients are a reminder of the other work that I need to do, right? There's so much work to be done. And that's yeah. why we can't do all the work all the time. You know, we've got to really figure out what's really important to us now. You know, where are our priorities now? And you just and you just do the best you can and you and you evolve and you have a goal and you have a vision. Um, but it's really important to come back to the present moment right here, right now, where we are actually doing the work. Right. You know, we can't do the work in the future and we can't do the work in the past. We can only do it right here. Mm. And as long as we've got a rough direction that we're aiming towards, we can always like divert and navigate yeah. and, and evolve that path as we go along. Um, and but, we should. And we should totally because yeah. I may have a big idea right now of what I want to do in six months time. 
But I, but based on the last few years, I guarantee you that in two months from now, that vision is going to be bigger. Yeah. I'm just not ready to think like that yet. And I, and I can think pretty big, but our yeah. last few years have been like, we've not, we, even you, and you can think really big and you, even you've been surprised by what's happened. So we, we must allow ourselves to evolve and yeah. to, to scale up. I think it was Robin Sharma said that, you know, the highest performers in the world hit the targets that no one else hit hits. No one else can but, see. Well, I haven't finished. Okay. <laughs> the high, <laughs> oh, no, the, you know, the, the real the high performers in the world hit the targets that no one else can hit. But the real leaders out there in the world, the real impact makers, they hit the targets that no one else can see. Because if you aim for a, if I aim for a solid target in six months time and I, and I decide, right, I'm not going to divert. That's exactly where I'm going. That's the size of my vision. And I just aim for that. Well, what happens if I'm five months in, I'm actually capable of hitting a really a much bigger target? Yeah, like you said at the beginning about using your imagination and how, you know, sometimes we do suppress that we can, our imagination itself is even limited. Yeah. Awesome. And that's exciting. It's like the fact that I can be, I can sit here and just like be as creative as possible and think of something really, really big. Yeah, I know that I'm, I'm capable of more. That yeah. throughout, for the, as long as I'm breathing, I'm, I'm, I'm capable of growing, hmm. right? I'm always capable of more. Um, you know, what we know from neuroscience with neuroplasticity is that, you know, our genetics don't have to determine our behavior and our capabilities. You know, we are always, our brains are always capable of learning and growing as long as yeah. we're continuously setting those big goals and big challenges and reasons for, for ourselves to grow. So it's, it's limitless. There's no, as I always say to my clients, one way to take the pressure off is, is knowing that there doesn't exist. You know, the, I'll, I'll do it when I get there or I'll, I'll be excited and happy when I get there. Well, there doesn't exist. And that's, I think that's amazing because if there did exist, what would you do next? So one question for you. How have you been able to create a life better than your dreams? The, I think the most important thing is actually starting to listen to what's in here, what's inside me. Yeah, um, yeah. Once I started paying attention to my agenda and started paying attention to the things and the people and the situations and the visions that actually lit me up and made me feel excited and, and happy to be alive and, and, you know, really, really buzzed, then it allowed me to start visioning for the, as we just said, visioning for a, for a future that is, that is so exciting, even if I can't imagine how it's going to work. And so I guess I put it down to one simple concept and that is reconnecting with the, the 12 year old boy who hadn't had, who, who didn't, who was too young to have been affected by negative beliefs and societies and all these filters put up, um, you know, when we grow up, he was young enough to, to vision for things that were so ridiculously expansive and abundant. Um, that young child that was just brave and bold and excited by everything and present, um, that, that kid with the, the knowledge that I now have um, has allowed me to live a life now that's better than my dreams because a life that's better than my dreams is a life where there's endless possibility. So we've come to the end of the show, and I think that's a great place to leave it. Um, I'd love for you to share with the listeners where they can find you and follow you online. Sure. So you can find me at jamesrswilliams.com. That's jamesrswilliams.com. 
And what would be great if you want to test and you know have a look at where you feel you are right now around the world of high performance and your relationship with yourself. If you go to jamesrswilliams.com, you can click on my programs and on any of the programs that seem relevant to you, you can fill out a free questionnaire which just asks you some questions around high performance, around your relationships, around your goals, where you're at right now. And it's, it's a really great opportunity just to sort of ask yourself questions that you may not have thought of before. And if you fill that in, um, I, will get a, I will get a copy of that and um, you will be on the list to get invited to any free webinars that I host and exciting opportunities and events that are coming up in the future, which I'd love to see any of you and share with, uh, share with you all the things that I'm learning and all of, all of the programs that I've got coming up. Love it. And you're also part of the I Heart My Life programs like iheartsuccess.com and iheartcoaching.com. That's right. Yeah, you can find me. You can find me uh, as part of the I Heart My Life community as well. So amazing. Well, for everyone listening and watching, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, you can check out James at jamesrswilliams.com. And until next time, remember that you too can create a life that's better than your dreams. Show up, follow your heart, and take action starting today. And I'll look forward to talking to you very soon on the next show. Thanks again. Bye.